This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Simp Gyms. Get cucked into a Simp Gym. And that is deeply unfortunate. But why compound the misery by ruining the boy? I have just spent two solid weeks with him. He is a pain in the ass, sure, but he's also very smart. Brilliant, I don't know, but very smart. You must know that. He's got enormous potential. It would be devastating if you pulled him out now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, those who identify as non-binary, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that gets stuck in in the, in the winter and doesn't have a dad that will helicopter him out. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And today we're here to talk about the holdovers. Recent, Recording in the daytime. Recent little ditty. Yeah, I know. This is a different change. I'm unemployed. Yeah, no. <laughs> not really. I'm in between jobs. I just got out of work. It's weird to not have the light that's flickering above us. Yeah, on. I know. We have a shit lamp up here, and it's like it it has that like hissing fly. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes out after like three minutes. Of yeah, like so <laughs> this is we have natural lighting. Mm-hmm. I'm well rested. I'm not. Oh well, fuck you then. I had, I had <laughs> like four shots of espresso before this, so. Wow. Oh whoa, Jesus! Oh, fuck you. That's not that the, much. You're gonna remodel the kitchen, <laughs> you fucking lunatic. I'm not on coke. Okay. Might okay. Do, might do some coke and then take some shots and see what happens. Yeah, so it's directed by Alexander <laughs> Payne. Came out uh 2023. What a hell of a name. Yeah, I know, right? It's way too cool. Alexander Payne. All right, so you got Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. as Paul Hunnam. Yep. Uh, the teacher. Uh, you have Dominic Sessa as Angus Tully. Yeah, which is my friend Gianna's friend. Yeah, which, which is, is crazy cool. that the fact that like inadvertently I know someone famous. No, okay, so I know. Calm down. <laughs> no, I'm what stretching the fuck it is a little this bit. Transitive property <laughs> yeah, that you're no. trying to get here. All right, and then uh, who who else? You got uh, Divine Joy Rudolph Randolph. Randolph. <laughs> Try it again. Divine Joy Randolph. Div- I was close. Divine. Yeah, D A. Apostrophe V I N E. That's divine. That's divine. Oh, fuck off. Uh, she's Mary Lamb, and then everybody else is supplementary. They don't really matter. What about uh? Oh, they don't really matter, Zach. What about Braddy? Braddy Hepner plays Teddy. Ooh, Teddy. Oh wow. All right, you know what? What a character. <laughs> no one cares. Uh, so what's this movie about? Uh, wow, IMDb like just shooting right out of the hip here. A cranky history teacher, <laughs> <laughs> cranky Jesus. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know if he's cranky. I feel like he's, he's definitely cranky. He's like uh, curmudgeoned. That's also that's a pretty. That's not even a word. Oh fuck <laughs> off, Zach. We're not doing this again. That's like when you squish a brownie. That's the curmudgeon. Why are you squishing a brownie? <laughs> that's what you would call curmudgeon. Why would you squish it though? I don't know. Just first thing that popped into my brain of like what curmudgeon would mean That's weird Smushing side brown. note this is a very random side note for a podcast that we're recording in the middle of the day but like i like telling my wife about like where like random fetishes that she has no idea exist mm-hmm. the other day i was just sitting there and i was just like you know people get off on like getting like sitting on cakes and she's like why and i was like yeah. i don't know <laughs> it's a good one uh yeah but a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with mm-hmm. a troubled student there's no place to go and that's enough because I don't feel like clicking on it because my phone sucks. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know what the holdovers actually meant. I knew that term. Well, I didn't know the term, but I knew that idea of like kids that are either in college or mm-hmm. um, they go to like boarding schools where 
if you can't get picked up, you stay there the entire time. Right. I mean, it's it's a real thing, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting. And I also like it, too, because it's like, I like how much I like the beginning of this, because I didn't know what this movie was, really. Yeah. I saw maybe, like, one clip of, like, Paul Giamatti yelling, and I mm-hmm. was like, yeah, this seems interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like the fact, too, it's like, at the beginning part of it, I thought it was going to be, like, a Breakfast Club situation. So that's what I was... Right? Like, I got that vibe, like, super early on, like, especially, like, when it's, like, Teddy and Angus yeah. and um, the teacher, Paul, and then, like, the Coots. three other kids. I remember Coots. Yeah. He's a dickhead kid. kid. Oh. No, I don't remember the kids. Like well, the kid Teddy kids. is Coots. Teddy Coots. Teddy Coots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, then there's the other guy that's like the quarterback. Yeah, the that's long-haired a, bro. And that's what I thought, too. It was going to be like, oh, well, Angus is pretty smart because he got a B plus. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Coots is just a fucking scumbag. Yeah, that's why. Uh, I was like, oh, this is like a new age breakfast club, which is, in a sense, cool because, like, you know... We don't get many movies like that. But then here comes the helicopter dad. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it's literally <laughs> just Angus and Paul. And Mary. And Mary, yes. Mary's important. Um, yeah. And then it also kind of had like an almost famous vibe to it at one point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like a camaraderie between like kids just trying to yeah. like do something. But no, I really like how this movie then becomes very character driven between like the three of them. Yes. I like their own unique like situations that they're going through between mm-hmm. like Angus who's dealing with like his shit stepdad and his mom who doesn't really care and yeah. it's like staying there and just being like a generally angsty teenager. And I really like Paul too of just like his complete his disdain towards like the youth yeah i mean he's very bitter and like he has like a reason why yeah and like that's flushed out very well in the film um and then even mary's story too mm-hmm. like is it's very like prominent within the film and i think like the actress is does like a really good job of like portraying that yeah um, I like especially the fa- at the party right yeah i know like her just kind of like I like that part too where she's like sitting in the chair mm-hmm. and you can see like this wash of emotion come over her of like grief and sorrow and then yeah. she's just like get me another drink. Yeah. It's like yep she's just trying to deal with it and but I, I like how even too like how the characters kind of work off each other. Yeah. It's like they're all kind of like sounding boards for their own like bitterness <laughs> which I think is cool. Yeah because Angus is a very angsty teen. Mm-hmm. And that comes off very prominent within the film. Right. And and you see, like, again, which is why I had, like, such a Breakfast Club vibe to it, is, like, you can see the the points where it's, like, you know, he's actually genuine and he's trying to be, like, a good kid. And then, like, immediately he's just like, yo, fuck this. I hate you. Right. Because, I mean, it comes back to that, you know, like, in, in a very clinical way. I mean, it comes back to this feeling of him being hurt because here it is, is that, you know, like, his dad had schizophrenia and mm-hmm. basically he lost his dad and then like mom doesn't care and he keeps getting shipped off to different boarding schools yeah and then he's just like acting out so that's why he right. keeps getting kicked out but it's that same kind of feeling of like i you know as soon as i start to get close to you it's like i'm gonna push back because i'm afraid yes. of getting like rejected or yeah like disowned or like left behind and i like that because of how much like paul kind of like allows him to start becoming like his own person kind of helping him kind of show the way in a very like fatherly way yeah he becomes more of a dad than any figure that angus has in the film yeah but i like it too because like i said with like the sounding board part of it where it's like but then angus also helps paul kind of lighten up yes like he helps him kind of just realize that you know like not everything is terrible mm-hmm. that you know like you're allowed to be able to 
let loose and like you don't have to be so rigid all the time like you can have fun and do things that are fun and creative yeah exactly like and and that's the thing too where it's like i really like paul in this i know paul giamatti i think was up for like an oscar for mm-hmm. this film um yeah he won I, something already but it's yeah. not an oscar i think it's important to talk about like the things that we didn't like first in this film because i feel like that's way shorter of a list and i have very very like minute things i can't really think of anything like genuinely that i was sitting there and being like i don't like this i mean for me like the character teddy like i get it he's a dickhead well he, i was yeah i was just very like, stereotypical i was like very I, I was very much like yo fuck teddy mm-hmm. um the biggest issue that i had with this film and again this is like very small is that while i love the fact that this movie while taking place in the 70s is supposed to look like it's shot on film mm. because there are like a lot of those situations where it's like it's a lot grainier like yeah it has like the um what it's is got it? the classic intros for like the, the yeah companies. i loved that like with yeah, max and universal like the, that old school style like intro to them i like how i thought you picked a different movie by accident <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I was like, I didn't, well, because we didn't know what this movie was really about. Yeah. And again, too, like with that, where it even has like the spotting with the films where mm-hmm. it's like at different points, like there's that little like cigarette burn. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, while I love that and I think that fits the time era perfectly and I fits that, I think that fits this film perfectly. My biggest thing is that this movie was shot digitally. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case that you're trying to replicate it to where it looks like film, why not just shoot it on film? You know what's interesting about it, too? It's, like, other than, like, the intro, Mm -hmm. where they're kind of, like, in the dorm, and they're kind of, like, all the kids are talking and getting ready to leave. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much, like, later on in the movie, like, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. Like, in the intro, I remember seeing kind of, like, the grainier effect when we're seeing, like, the, like, Paul... Um, his character, his like room, and like we're seeing all that, and I was like, oh, look at the cigarette burns, and like this is nice. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, like pretty much like as we went on throughout the movie, like I you feel like that noticing it. Yeah, I feel like the aesthetic was kind of like gone. It felt like <laughs> it just yeah, kind of and, moved on. And from maybe it. that was like the director's choice, just to kind of like have that opening shot, like make it feel like it, and yeah. then deal with like the real issues that are going on and like have it go on digital yeah but again too like that's my biggest gripe is that like you know if you want to make it look like it's shot on film just shoot it on film yeah exactly other than that i kind of wish that like the rest of the kids did stay so we did have kind of like a breakfast club issue and like have all of them kind of flush out like their problems because obviously there was something that we could have done with teddy of like why he's such an asshole yeah i kind of felt the same way too like it was because even too it's like the buddhist kid like here's that one scene where he like pees the bed and he's really upset and then like even too like the one kid that gets um i like how angus says it where he's like he orphaned his glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so you can always remember the pain of it. And it's like, and that's very charged for his character. Yeah. But like, even that kid, it's like the the Mormon kid, where it's like, he kind of threw his glove in the river, and then he was like, yep, I'm going to go ski. And it's like, yeah, it would be nice to see if like, how also their reactions were. But even too, like in terms of the movie itself, like, it's more about Angus. And yes. I like the fact that it becomes more like bottled than the fact that it's yeah. not all these different characters. It's more of just like, let's hyper-focus it on these three. 
which I think works a lot better. Exactly. Like, again, while I, I say that where it's like, I wish we kind of had, like, all of them flush out their problems, like... It's not really it's, that important. It's not. Like, the main focus is Angus, and I like Angus's story, and yeah. I like Paul's story. I think that there's a great back and forth between both of them. Oh, um, yeah, they feed off each other fantastically. Especially, too, when it's like, you know, they go to, like, after Angus dislocates his shoulder. <laughs> I love that scene. And they go to, like, the, the bar together, and mm-hmm. then, like, they're talking and, like in the car and he's like saying like oh like you know you smell like fish and it smells really bad at night yeah and then paul goes off and saying like you know that that's an actual medical issue that he has right there's some vulnerability to say like this is the reason why so don't just judge me for yeah mm-hmm. so like i i again i like the back and forth between them a lot i think angus like his facial expressions in this movie is very well done mm-hmm. in terms of like you can read him like a book of like what he's feeling at any given time yeah you can see just, like, the pure hurt at times. Like, I think about his, like, monologue when mm-hmm. he's talking about his father. Yeah. And, like, mentioning that how much, like, he's afraid of becoming him. And it's, like, I love that. I think yeah. he did a fantastic job of showing, like, the, sh- the real fear that comes from, like, is this going to happen to me, too? Like, yeah. Is this and genetic? Is this going to go on the same way? I want to say that this is his debut film. I don't know for sure. You but, know what's um, funny, too? Like, as we were watching this, I was like, man, everybody in this movie looks like somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> like even you Teddy, so? Mr. like Coots, like he reminded me of like a young Zac Efron, and mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody fucking looks like some. Even Angus kind of looks like a young Mick Jagger, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, fuck, everybody looks like somebody, and Paul looks very much like a walrus. Yeah, so he's mustache. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's he's known for like one other movie called uh, Made in Hollywood. Mm, um, okay, which I don't even know what the fuck this is. I don't. I think it's literally. Like some kind of college, like debut film. I don't know it. Um, it's like a behind the scenes, like entertainment news movie. Yeah, so, so this it's not is his even... debut film. Exactly. So <laughs> I think that there is a promising future for him, um, especially at this point where it's like it's getting a lot of traction in terms of yeah. like the story and like. Um, people are talking about it. Like, it still feels like it's a very indie film, but, like, Mm -hmm. I think that it can get a lot of traction. It reminds me a lot of, like, an A24 film, which I'm almost surprised that they didn't produce this film because, like, I feel like that would have been their fucking bread and butter. Yeah, this is up their alley. And I like it, too, of, like, how much even, like, the... Like, the setting and the stakes behind it. Like, there's Mm -hmm. not much to it. It's more of just, like... I like how when we were talking about, like, feel-good movies, like, this borders on that of yeah. like the fact that it's like nothing really happens it's just kind of these three people that have no place to be in the world that just kind of get together well, like i think about the part two where it's like they actually are having the christmas dinner yeah how angus says that he's like this is the first time i've had a, like a family style dinner and it's like this, this almost fits sweet. too with like the episode that we just did about like the movies that feel all too real mm-hmm. where it's like this feels like something that like anybody be- could be going through oh yeah 100 percent. and i love too the fact that like this film was actually like no scenes were actually created for this like no props or anything like mm-hmm. this this film is all shot on set like in right. location yeah which is so great nothing was actually like made for this film like it's all shot like an actual like everything from the school like it's actually the, a school yeah so i i think that that 
deserves something because like i enjoy that like i I enjoy minimalistic stuff i enjoy practical effects stuff like if you can find something on location like why not shoot it rather than like build it and it shows too where it's like you don't need anything fantastical to get your movie like the point of the movie across it's like just they're go places yeah just film it and go places and i love that so i i I think that that's like really great for like that's a really good thing going for this film this movie is also fucking hilarious yeah, it's funny. That. It is so fucking funny. This is right up your and my's alley of like the dry humor. Yeah, that like, <laughs> granted, anybody that doesn't like dry humor, like you probably won't find this funny. But there's a lot of shit in here that is hilarious. I think about like um, when like in the beginning part of it too, where it's like he's giving out all the failing grades. Yes, and Coots is like, I can't fail this class, and he's just like, Oh well, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> that or like the fucking part where it's like after he dislocates his shoulder, mm-hmm. he's like, you're responsible for me. And he's like, well, I washed my hands of you. Yeah. And he's like, I, I meant that metaphorically. He's like, no shit. Like I didn't, you didn't actually go wash your hands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> or like when he's, when Angus is running around, it's like, son of a bitch. That's another detention. <laughs> it's like the fucking, or the very, most, very subtly too. Like when they're watching the movie about mm-hmm. like the native Americans, which yes. we joked was killers of the flower moon. Yeah how it started in the 70s and it's still going mm-hmm. um it would take like you 30 years in order to watch <laughs> yeah. it but it's like him just sitting there and like he's picking it apart because mm-hmm. he's like he likes the historical accuracy of things and yeah. the guy shushes him he's just like fuck off yeah <laughs> or like, like at the end when he talks to the dean he's like you are penis, penis cancer, cancer in human form ah good stuff yeah. yeah it's it's really good like i like how it hits in a lot of different ways of mm-hmm. like it can be really funny. It can be really upsetting. It can be like very emotional at times. Like this movie has a lot of personality to it, and I really like that about it. Yeah, and when you deal with stuff like this, like the the context of like the story itself, mm-hmm. like the subject matter, you really need that. Like otherwise, everything feels flat and it doesn't connect with yeah. anybody. And I feel like what goes on between Angus and Paul and Mary is like very well grounded to the point where you're you're waiting to see what the story unfolds for them Mm -hmm. and that's important for a film that like is mostly dialogue right you you need that otherwise you don't really care about the characters and i cared about what happened to every single character i know especially at the end yeah, yeah even danny who like is the janitor that just shows up like a couple of times and like I was interested in the story of uh, him and Mary. I wanted to know, like, you know, where they kind of fell into things because, you know, that Danny was, like, really into her. And yeah, he gave to, her like... the present, too. Yeah. Like, he was he was around to make sure she was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, you're right about that. Like, there, there's a lot of investment in the characters in this movie to see, like, how... Because there was always that point where I was watching it, I was like, when do they start getting along? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want them to start getting along. I know. it's like, they're all good people. That have just gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's nice to see them actually start becoming more, like, friendly towards one another. Like, even, like, the fucking firecracker at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, how, like, it's just one of those nice things where it's, like, just seeing them. Or even with the um, the cherry. The cherry jubilee. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, them lighting it on fire. Yeah, they're like, well, do you have lot. fucking cherries? <laughs> do you have ice cream? Yeah. And then they just go and get a bottle of alcohol. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's it's sweet to see them actually start warming up to one another. Yeah, my favorite scene was probably like when um Paul took uh Angus ice skating for the first time. Yeah, that was and, really like, nice. Watching him just like ice skate and like play around and like have fun on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um and then you had like a really great scene after that where it's like they're walking together and they run into one of um Paul's old colleagues. Yeah. 
And even the part after that, too, where they're, like, in the liquor store. Yeah. And he's like, I hit him. It's like, you punched him? No, I hit him with my car. Yeah. And, no. it's like, <laughs> and, and, then, like, the, and then the shopkeeper's like, here you go, murderer. Yeah. Because he killed himself afterwards. Yeah. It's like, and then, yeah, even them, like, walking away. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it's that breakdown part of it, like I said before, where it's like, Angus is like, oh, I thought we're not supposed to lie. And it's like, no. It's like, fuck him. Like, he doesn't deserve to, like, know my story yeah or like understand what i'm going through and it's like that nice little part of them both being like fuck them yeah <laughs> it's like it's, it's like right. yeah fuck him yeah and i love that to see them actually start to like come together mm-hmm. um i also one of my favorite parts too i like is when um they went to the museum yes and they're talking about like sex yeah and it's like nothing has like nothing's new like it's mm-hmm. all been throughout history and i love that part where he's like Man, if you said that in class, like, people would like you more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love that to say, like, this is just, like, them feeding off one another and, yeah. like, being there for one another. Exactly. Let's talk about weird 70s bowling for a second. Okay, so I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not specifically, a th- it's like a specific type of bowling. Okay. And it's still bizarre. It's weird. It's unexcusable. I thought that that's just how 70s bowling was for a second. I was like... Big Lebowski fucking lied to me. I know. I thought that too, but it's like, it's like fucking, it's like a fucking what? A mango? Like you're yeah, rolling mangoes. It's, it's down. the size to where like it's a slightly larger like snowball that you could just hurl yeah. down the. And and like, to me, I was bowling like, with a grapefruit. It's fucking ridiculous. I was like, that bitch has to be heavy as fuck in order to knock down pins. Or the pins themselves are like like the lightest thing ever. Yeah, because pins themselves be are like a good fifteen pounds. Just because of, like, you know, you got to knock them over. They got to yeah. be sturdy enough to stand. That was so fucking weird. Yeah, I was just like, God damn. And then that weird conversation that Paul had with the fake Santa. Oh, yeah. And I was like, just like, dude. Saying how, like, Santa isn't, like, historically accurate with his outfit. Yeah, he of... should be wearing, like, robes. And yeah. it's like, like, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked in a second. That's Don't what I thought, in. too. Yeah. But it's just him just, you know, like, Paul using his wit and his, like, his intellect to be able to really diffuse a situation. He does that a lot, even like with the hooker, where it's like, yes, he's just like, <laughs> I don't much care for candy canes. Actually, I'm pre-diabetic. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like him, like his cut and dry feeling behind that of just like allowing him to operate. And it's like I love how people look so confused. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they they don't understand because he almost like Paul's character is very complex because like he almost feels like he's from a, a different world just yeah. because of like how he views everything and like he takes a very like philosophical stance on like, you know, he puts knowledge above everything else. Right. He's more of the guy that like values like history and literature rather than human connection. Yes. Because like a be- because of what he's talked about mm-hmm. of being wronged by being accused in Harvard yeah of like plagiarizing and then like because the person that accused him was like this rich kid and his dad owned the library mm-hmm. it's like he got blamed and it's like yeah that makes sense as to why he's so cynical towards all the kids because he sees them as that yeah and i feel like the ending to this film too is like very well justified like mm-hmm. with um paul getting fired yeah because he stuck up for angus yeah i love that part where it's yeah. like him actually saying that like he doesn't give a shit and it's like he's a you know like a smart that uh, angus is a smart kid mm-hmm. and he's got potential and it's like it would be robbing him of that chance and yeah. even too like i love how it's like because the stepdad is such a dick yeah and it's like, but like how much Paul was able to sit there and be like, I tried to reach you, 
but you weren't around. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that speaks that speaks a lot to like I, I especially like when um like after he leaves and he like points as like this eye, this is the eye that you should be talking about. Because yeah. they had that whole conversation about like you know, which eye is the lazy one. Yep. Which, granted, Paul Giamatti actually has a lazy eye, so... But I saw, too, it's like a trivia where it's like they they kept switching the eye mm-hmm. throughout the movie. No, just so you to didn't fuck know. with you. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I like the fact, too, where it's like even the end-end part where he's, like, loading up in the U-Haul, and it's like how Angus is like, hey, you want to, like, skip class? And it's like, go get a cheeseburger? And he's like, no. Yeah. And it's like, I like that because... To me, like, one of the bigger themes that I got from this movie is, like, you know, just having that one good teacher. Yeah. Because I think everybody can relate to that of, like, how... That one teacher that, like, really reached you. Yeah. That can be, like, you know, like, very inspiring, very helpful. Like, it could teach you something that, like, you maybe not have known by anybody else. And it's, like... Which is what every teacher aspires to do. Right. Like, reach one kid, and then you've done your job yeah because i think even mary kind of or not mary uh it's the fucking when they go to the house party that one yeah lydia yeah because she mentioned that where it's Mm -hmm. like how paul was like saying like i'm gonna give up on these kids and it's like how lydia was like yeah i mean like well isn't this the best time for you to actually be there for them and it's like it speaks to that that theme that i got from this of just like how like just you need that one good teacher just to show you the way or give you something that like shows that you have some potential or some purpose. And I feel like that's that's what Paul was at the end, where him just saying no was like, I was that teacher for you. Yeah. But we're not friends, we're not colleagues. It's just like that's how we are. Yeah. And then even to like um what I picked up on was like the sense of abandonment, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and then just making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Where it's like this whole thing was supposed to be like a horrible time because like you know, he's stuck here in school over the winter break and still yep. has to do everything. And it turned out to be, like, one of the best times of Angus's life because he got to, like, really grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And as a ca- we got to see him grow as a character. Yeah. And I think that, that it's so just to where it's, like, you know, at the end, like, when Angus goes to see Paul when he's, like, packing up and it's, like, he doesn't really say, like, thank you or anything like that. They just do, like, a handshake. But, mm-hmm. like, you know that's enough because that's not really who Angus is as a character yet. Right. It would be out of character for the relationship. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that that was, like, perfectly done. And then, of course, yeah. too, like, Paul, like, stealing the bottle of alcohol <laughs> yeah. and just spitting it out as yep. he, like, drives away. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the other theme, too, that, like, I, I feel is really important from this is it's just the power of human connection. It's, yeah. like people that are broken and hurt like what happens if they come together and just allow themselves to be together here it is that you make a little family and it's Mm -hmm. like i love that for the fact that it's like they spent these two weeks just getting to know each other and like care about one another and be there yeah when nobody else would be there for them exactly Mm -hmm. i really like this movie i i I really hope that this doesn't stay like an indie style (laughs) film you were gonna say really hope this gets a sequel yeah no i don't want want a sequel i really hope that like (laughs) this gets like spread out to more people to watch because i think that this is a very wholesome film that has a lot to say in the two-hour time frame that you have for it and like it's it's got like up-and-comers and like um basically uh veterans of mm-hmm. acting and it's just a really cool thing to see where you know you get to see like a different story that still makes you feel like it's it's something that you've seen before like again like how we were both talking about like it feels like breakfast club and it yeah. has like a lot of themes of breakfast club but it's just nice to see like a film that like 
can do something different but still feel that way. Yeah, like there's definitely, of course, like I agree with you on that. Like how there's there's a genuineness to this movie mm-hmm. of allowing it to be its own thing while still taking in a lot of themes and values that we've all seen before. Yeah. And I, it's nice to have that in a very refreshing way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not based, it's not a remake, it's not a fucking sequel, it's not like you know, like from a book. It's yeah. just like, here's an idea that somebody had and it's like, we're going to make it. And it's like, that's wonderful. I love stuff like that. Yeah. So it gets uh, eight and a half Cherry Jubilees out of ten for me. And mm-hmm. Good job. Why, were you going to steal Jubilees? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do the, I'm really good at that. I you do the James Bond underwear. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll do nine orphan gloves yeah. out of ten. I, I really like this movie. I think yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like I think I can go back to it mm-hmm. and like still enjoy it as if I did the first time. Yeah, which is high praise. So yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good good stuff. Matt, <gasps> Zach, do you have a do recommendation? I have a recommendation. Who's a cool little boy <laughs> with a recommendation? Bo- recommendation. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, my penis is up. Uh, fucking. <laughs> uh, get ready for the next battle, battle, battle. Yeah. Tekken. Yeah, I'm going to recommend Tekken 8. Oh, boy. What a fun game. What a fun game. Um, Yeah, because what was it? Like two days after it came out, you, me, and Ty were playing it, and yep. I had a blast with it. Yeah. I, I, Tekken is like one of the very, very few fighting games that I like really, really enjoy playing. Yeah, um, it's also really fun too. I was explaining this to my wife the other day where it's like it's like I was very competitive with fighting games when I was younger, but like now it's like it's just kind of nice to sit in lab like just try out combos and like mm-hmm. learn new moves and it's like this game is so fucking user-friendly and accessible to that, which is it's just wonderful. And like all the new stuff too, like that drive mechanic is fucking yeah. awesome. The rage mechanic for yeah. it where it's like it it's just it feels so good, and every combo is so well-deserved, and, like, the fluency of the fighting is actually, like, yep. really, really nice. Like, I've always loved Tekken, and I, I, for the past, like, two games, I really, really enjoy, like, how they do it where when both players are, like, hitting a move at the same time, and it slows down, yep. and you really get to see, like, who hit first. Yeah, or even, too, just, like, how, like, cinematic this new game is with, like, the special intros for certain yes. characters, which is great. Um, yeah, like, combos look great, like, graphics-wise, it's awesome, mm-hmm. like, and even, too, like, the new characters in it are awesome, like, Akazuna, the mm-hmm. Peruvian girl, yes. uh, Victor, the, the French assassin, mm-hmm. like, Kuma, just being Heihachi, is yeah. the fucking best thing ever. And then that one guy, is it Victor, the, um, he's basically... Just I, John I just, Wick. I just said that. Oh, did just you? said that, Zach. Dude, I'm like half listening. I'm. Okay. Not, I'm I just got out of work and I'm starting to get hungry. Well, so. here goes the coffee. Yeah. It's tapering down. Yeah, you dick. Uh, Raina, the purple-haired girl. Yes, she's fucking awesome. Um, uh, yeah, this game is like oh, a, Raina. She's great. Oh, there you go. Good <laughs> yeah, job, Zach. No, that yeah. one. That one I did on purpose. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's fucking. It's super fun. Super good. Um. And of course, like Tekken is great because it's like you can just mash buttons and still do fun stuff, or mm-hmm. you can do high level and juggling combos, and it's just great. And it's got a story mode that I'm sure is fucking stupid, but like <laughs> you'll play you it eventually if you want to do that. Tekken Ball, yeah, Tekken Ball is like the ridiculous like volleyball where it's like you just keep hitting it back and forth. It's mm. so fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, it's Tekken Eight. 
you know, you, you got it all. You got story, you got customization, you got good gameplay, you got fun couch co-op. Like, yeah, if you really enjoy fighting games and you just need a good one to check out, you know, in the modern age, Tekken 8. Mm-hmm. Try it. Play right, it. cool. And that's that. Yeah. So, Zach, this um, this 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 podcast... Don't you want me to say what we're doing next? You always fucking forget this. Oh, yeah, that's right. I always forget that we're doing another episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not canceled This yet. is the last one. It's always the last one. Mm-hmm. What are we doing next, Zach? Uh, we are going to be having a talk about the problem with box office reviews slash, like, reviewers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're going to do that. Yeah, technically us. Technically it. us, but whatever. We're so, we're so prepared. Mm-hmm. We're so prepared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We didn't figure this out twenty minutes yeah, beforehand. Yeah, I didn't realize like an hour ago to be like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Zach, uh, this this stick pod- around for that. This podcast, this one that we just did. Yeah, it's running down the hallway. It's cursing. It's realizing that you know, like, if you don't take care of the physical body, that the mind will soon follow. And it jumped off the springboard and it dislocated its shoulders. We need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So let's let's wrap this up. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Matt, entrepreneur, sir, entrepreneur.